Name. Millie Morata. Age. 40. Family. Uh, I live with my long-suffering partner and my dog, Olga. Lives in? Pembrokeshire in Wales. Favourite colouring book? Oh, hard to say. Um, I would say Animal Kingdom because it was my first. Favourite season? Hmm, spring. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista. And welcome today's guest, Millie Marotta. Hello. How are you today? Very well, thanks. What have you been doing so far? Um, had quite a, a quiet day today, not a huge drawing day. Um, started with a walk on the beach this morning with my dog, which is how most of my days start. Um, and then I spent a lot of the day trawling through oodles of lovely entries to the colouring competition that I have on at the moment. I know we have a lot of dog lovers and dog owners out there listening. So what? tell us a little bit more about your dog before we start to talk. Oh, gosh. <laughs> OK. Um, so I've had her for just over a year. Uh, she's actually uh, a rescue. She was about eight months old when we got her, um, so we didn't really know what to expect. And she's a crazy mix of border collie, bearded collie, poodle, labrador and greyhound. Um, she's a, a bit of a, a shaggy monster, really. Um, <laughs> and she's she's just really good fun. She comes with a couple of issues, as most rescues probably do. Um but yeah, she has bags and bags of character. She's great fun. And the surroundings where you live, can you tell us what what they look like? Yeah, sure. So I live in um, a lovely, very small um, Welsh seaside town called Tenby um, in the UK's only coastal national park, which is just beautiful. It I feel very, very lucky to live somewhere where everybody else comes on holiday. You know, I get to live here year round. It's really beautiful. I have four different beaches on my doorstep. Um, I don't have to go far at all to, to just sort of um, find myself standing somewhere really, really beautiful. But you just released a new book. Yeah, yeah, I did. So um just last week, we launched my sixth book, which is Wildlife Wonders. Um, so that's been really exciting. And this one is a little bit different to the others because it, it's actually sort of a, it's been very carefully curated to bring together the colouring community's favourite illustrations from all of my books. So it's kind of like an extra big bumper edition if you like. Um, and I decided to do that because I sort of seeing the colouring community grow and become the wonderful thing that it has and seeing people sharing all of the images from across all of my books, I was seeing that there were certainly favourites that stood out from each book, favourite images that stood out, that colourists were colouring and sharing time and time again. Um, and some colorists were enjoying these particular images so much, they were coloring them multi multiple times. Um, so I wanted to bring together all of those favorite images to celebrate the talents of the coloring community, really, and cherry pick um, all of those images that people have enjoyed the most. So can you give some example of some of those images that have been so loved? And Yeah, sure. So um, from Animal Kingdom, I would say certainly um, the floral fox. There's a little curled up floral fox. Um, that one has been 
shared and added to the gallery as well. That's where I see um, a lot of the images appearing again and again. Um, also, the peacock, um, the octopus. Um, I've sort of tried to keep an even-ish balance um, of the number of images from each book so that people who um, are familiar with all of the images or even for people who are new to my work get a really nice sort of balance and, and flavour of the images from each of the books. So was it hard to choose? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. Uh, it was really hard because it um, there were only so many images that I could put in the book and I wanted to keep a nice even balance from across all five of the books. Um, and I have some of my favourite images myself as well, which luckily align with most of the colouring community's favourites too. But, um, you know, sometimes you just see images that are coloured so beautifully and so brilliantly, it, it turns my original drawing into something completely different. And so that sort of makes it become one of my favourites, even if it wasn't before. So I did have quite a task on my hand, on my hands to um, stick to the number that I needed to find. Do you have any particular picture that was like that? It wasn't your favourite at first, but then when you saw it coloured? I think some of, some of the ones that have, to be sort of not strictly specific about one image, but some of the ones that have really, really surprised me are images where backgrounds have been left blank by me deliberately to give colourists the opportunity um, to extend the image and add to it if they want to. And I think those images in particular where colourists um, added their own elements to it, they may have drawn um, habitats or plants or trees uh, or flowers or you know whatever into the background and they've really sort of developed the image those are ones that um, I never really sort of it's very hard to imagine what people might do with an image uh, when you give them sort of that much scope to work with it so certainly those ones have surprised me a lot um, and to be specific about one image in particular I would say the heron actually in Animal Kingdom was um, an image I, I mean I love drawing I love creating my images but that one in particular I really really loved doing um, but it has been so popular and shared so many times and coloured in so many different ways with so many different materials. Um, and, and still now people really, really enjoy that one. And, and I'm still seeing um, new versions of it. The, the, the images never, never see an image coloured the same way twice. Um, it's quite fascinating, really. But how did it start once upon a time before when you were... Uh when you were making the first book, Animal Kingdom? Um, so initially I, I was a freelance illustrator working on uh, freelance commissions and um, initially I received an email one day um, completely out of the blue from my editor uh, saying that she was a fan of my work and um, she had an idea that she would like to discuss with me. And she sort of outlined the idea of a colouring book. And um, we agreed to meet up and talk about it a bit further. So I went along and, and met with her and took some examples of the kind of drawings that I imagined being in this colouring book. And it was really just quite serendipitous, really. She really, really loved the work and we had very similar ideas about the look and the feel of the book and the style of the drawings. Um, and I literally went home from the meeting that evening and um, started work on the book the very next day. So which one was the first? 
picture. So that, oh, the very first picture um, that I created for that book. I think it was a lobster, actually. It's hard to remember now what order I, I did them in because I don't always sort of work through the book, creating the images one by one um, from front to back. It's sort of quite an organic process and I might change the order as I go along. But I think it was probably the lobster, um, may have been the octopus. But how much did you know about colouring books for adults back then? Not very much at all, because it wasn't um, the incredible thing that it has become now. Um, I, When I started working on that first book, um, I wasn't expecting what happened later on. I was just thinking that I felt quite sure that there would be adults out there who would enjoy colouring my work um, and who would enjoy having that sort of easily accessible uh, creative pastime because I've always really enjoyed as an adult uh, being creative myself and doing creative things and and so I did feel that um, there would be an audience uh, who would enjoy it but I I never imagined that it would grow to be the thing it has and and at the time I was really just thinking I'd like to create a beautiful book that people find um, as lovely to colour in as I found it um, to create. Um, and that really was sort of all that was in my mind at the time. That you made a, the, your first book with animals, was that, uh, was that obvious for you that, <coughs> that you would pick that one? Yeah, um, all, of, all of my work is nature-based. Um, it always has been. Uh, I studied wildlife illustration when I went to college and nature and wildlife and animals um, has, it's always been a very important and a very big part of my life and who I am and, and what I love. It's something that I'm very passionate about. So it comes completely naturally to me that that's what I focus my work on. Your specific way of doing the, your pictures, uh, building them up with animals and and um, plants and things with these small patterns. Yeah. Well, where did that idea came from? Um, it just kind of evolved, really. Um, I've always loved really, really detailed work. I've always loved working in black and white. Um, I really enjoy pattern and repeat pattern and textures um, and I'm quite a perfectionist as well so um, it all sort of came together really very organically um, and, and just as I was exploring the different ways that I liked to work it just kind of emerged. And when you are doing a picture where do you start? How is the process of creating a colouring page? Uh, so I begin with um, a very loose sketch just to um, plan the page nicely so that I know proportions are correct and it's a nicely balanced page. Um, then I'll begin adding, building up more detail adding textures and patterns um, and I I try to make the overall shape of the animal or plant um, quite realistic to life and then obviously inject a bit more personality um, and embellish it with patterns and um, detail so they're kind of a, a mix of reality and imagination um, and then once I'm happy that I've got the whole thing planned out in pencil as a rough on a sheet of paper, I then redraw it again in ink to create the page that you see in the colouring books. How big part of your work life nowadays are making colouring books? Um, well, when I started the first colouring book, I was still trying to do some freelance work at the same time. 
Uh, and then by the time I got onto my second colouring book, uh, that was keeping me so busy. I actually, at that point, stopped taking on other projects and have worked pretty much full time on colouring books for the last few years. So it's, it's become predominantly what I do. <laughs> um, I have been working um, actually this last year. I spent a bit of time on a different kind of illustration project. Um, but on the whole, yeah, my workload is mainly colouring books. Is it still as fun as in the beginning with the first book? Yes. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's probably more fun than with the first book because now um, I'm creating work for the colouring community and uh, that sort of wasn't there initially. It was a bit of a, a question mark or an unknown entity and, and now there's this wonderful collaborative audience who uh, communicate with one another and with me and share their work and, and so it's it's really become a really um, lively, lovely arena to work in, um, and it's it's so enjoyable. I love I love what I do. I feel very privileged to do what I do. How much contact do you have with the coloring community and your fans? Uh, quite a bit. Um, I mean, I don't. I probably don't spend a huge amount of time on social media. Um, And sometimes I kind of drop off it altogether if I'm particularly busy and I have a deadline to meet. Um, but um, it is a wonderful thing and it's a great way to communicate with the audience and get feedback from the audience and see um, what colorists are doing in my books and how they're turning the work into their own work. And also... Um, to see the community engaging with one another as well. Um, I think that's really interesting. But I have, um, you know, contact with people daily, really, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, some people contact me by email. So it's there's always an, an ongoing conversation. Do you remember the first time you were flipping through your first book? How that felt um well when i remember um the my sort of very first copy of animal kingdom arriving sort of my advanced copy so one one lonesome book just sort of landed on the doorstep uh one day and it, it's very it's quite a proud moment it's very rewarding because It takes quite a long time to put a, a book together. And when you finally, they sort of, it, it exists um, just as individual artwork files or drawings. And I, I pin all my drawings up on the wall in my studio as I'm creating the book. So I, I can see how it's coming together. But when you actually get that physical book in your hands and you can flick through the pages and it has the lovely cover on it and the colored spine, It's like holding a little gift. There's something really lovely about that. And how was it to start seeing these pictures colored in by other people? Incredible. Quite strange to begin with, uh, because, as I said, I, I never anticipated um, that it would grow um, to the, the wonderful thing it has. And so bit by bit images started sort of drip feeding into social media or into um onto my facebook page and at the time i didn't have my coloring gallery set up on my website because i never thought that um well who knew that i'd need a coloring gallery <laughs> um so yeah it was really really exciting quite strange at the same time and um really fascinating i think more than anything it was just fascinating to see how people were responding to my images and how they all colored them so differently how they all had a very different each colorist has such a different vision in their mind of what they want to do with a piece of work 
And I think that's the thing that got me most at the beginning was that I would I would sit there looking at these images and they would be like, I don't know, 25 coloured um, foxes. And they were just all so different. And I found that really astonishing. But did you have someone to share this? this uh, happiness and all these feelings with because i think that's why we're all on on, on social media so much because no one in our uh, uh, no one in our families would understand our passion for coloring and our pens and pencils uh, um well yeah i did i mean my my partner paul um and all my friends and all my family had seen how hard i'd been working on it and so they were probably more excited than me quite often um, at what was happening and, and sort of giggling and finding it really, really funny and exciting that um, they could, they were starting to see my images pop up online, coloured by other people. Um, so, yeah, I did. There, there were lots of people around for me to um, sort of celebrate and get excited with. So are you this huge celebrity where you live? No. <laughs> I don't, um, I mean, it was a couple of years ago when um, sort of colouring was in the media a lot um, and I was doing quite a few interviews uh, or workshops or news stories or some radio. Um, I I would have strangers in the street sort of saying, hi, and I really like your books and um, things like that, which is lovely and so friendly. Um, but the town where I live is is so small. Um, you virtually know everybody already anyway. So, um, you know, I'm I'm quite a shy, uh, private person, really, anyway. So um, I'm quite happy to leave the celebrity to other people. <laughs> but was were you colouring and drawing a lot as a kid? Oh, all the time. Um I so I grew up um, in a very rural part of Wales in the hills, uh, miles and miles and miles away from the nearest town. And so my playground and activities basically were to uh, be outside amongst nature, um, taking care of all our animals, um, sort of going on adventures and exploring. Or if I wasn't doing that, I was indoors in my room, making things, colouring things, painting things, chopping up bits of paper, driving my mum crazy by leaving mess all over the place. Um, uh, yeah, so it was it was something being creative and, and doing arts and crafts was something I just naturally gravitated towards as a child. And was it more fun to colour or to draw? Oh, that's tough. Um, probably draw, I think, for me. Um, yeah, I think even when I was colouring, I was probably doing more than just colouring and was probably sort of embellishing the images uh, and adding my own drawn elements to it. So, yeah, probably drawing, I would say. And did you draw animals and plants them too yes yeah it's um something that's quite ingrained i think um my interest in in the natural world and i i've always had it all around me i grew up in the countryside i grew up with lots of animals around me i studied wildlife illustration at college um so yeah it's just always sort of been a part of me really but when you were picturing your future and what you were going to work with I know this was what was not what you could see then because it didn't exist back then Uh, what did you see then well when I was very young uh, for a while I actually thought I would like to be a vet Um, but I have I don't think I have the stamina for that I get too upset by things <laughs> so I quickly realized that that probably wouldn't be the best career path for me um, but I knew that if it wasn't something working with animals it would be something creative 
um, but I didn't know um, really until I was looking at my options for college, um, sort of which creative path I would take. Uh, and it was at that point that I discovered that you could actually study wildlife illustration, which was just a dream come true for me. Um, so that's what I went for. And what did you think about, uh, what were you going to do with that education, you thought? Um, at the time, I didn't, I didn't really know. I was just really enjoying doing what I was doing. Um, after I left college, it, it wasn't actually until a few years later that I um, started working as a freelance illustrator. Uh, I actually went into teaching for a while. I was an art teacher in a secondary school, um, which I enjoyed very much. But I found um, the more time I spent nurturing uh, other people's creativity, the more I missed doing that for myself, um, if that makes sense. So... In, eventually, I just uh, decided I needed to take the plunge and, and see if I could make it work. Um, and it's fantastic because as things have turned out, I get to create my own work, um, but I still get to have that sort of relationship where um, I'm engaging with others sort of in a creative context. Um, Yeah, so I've I've really got the best of both worlds. I guess you got a lot of feedback. What does people love about your books? Um, I think one thing that people really like is that they the books are quite um, people love the detail certainly, um, and the books I think are quite sophisticated. Um, and I think that's been one of the sort of the attractions um, for adults is to work with images that are more grown up and, and aren't so childlike. So I make sure that um, the images are quite refined and the lines are nice and thin. Um, and certainly almost everyone is a fan of the animal world um, and trees and plants and nature as a theme. So. Um, that's that's something that draws people in. And I think it's nice because not everybody, um, it's a bit of an escape, I think, to disappear into that sort of other kingdom, that other world that um, we don't have access to every day in our lives. Uh, we don't all get to go and have a wander around a tropical jungle, um, you know, or a rainforest or a grassy savanna. So it's sort of, Uh, quite nice to give people the chance to just sort of disappear into these other little worlds for a while. Are you disappearing to these words, worlds too when you are drawing them? Yeah, um, I find drawing for me is really uh, kind of therapeutic, very, very calming. I I just switch off from the outside world completely when I'm drawing. Um, especially with the level of detail is I sort of get really, really engrossed in what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, it is, it is lovely. And I color them, um, sometimes as well when I've sort of created a batch of images for the book, I'll try coloring some just to get a feel for how other people will feel when they're coloring the images and, and just to make sure that I am creating something that You can indeed colour because sometimes things get a bit too detailed and I have to stop myself and go back <laughs> and remember that people have to colour this in. Um, so, yeah, I definitely disappear into my own world. Are you listening to something when you are drawing? Yeah, so when I'm planning the page in pencil to begin with, uh, I normally work in silence because I find that I really have to concentrate then and Um, I can get quite easily distracted. But then once I know I have the whole page planned out loosely, um, then I will either put the radio on or um, listen to podcasts uh, or audio books. Um, 
being so busy with with work since the colouring books um, became so popular, I haven't had a huge amount of time to read. So um, I've got quite into audio books. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I, otherwise I just um, wouldn't probably wouldn't have read a book in the last three years. <laughs> but you color? Uh, no, I take this question instead. Uh, but how long does it take for you to finish one page? To finish one page, um, oh, it it varies quite a bit depending on the image. So, for example, um, if I were to pick the fox that we talked about earlier, the curled up uh, floral fox from Animal Kingdom, I would have that from start to finish, probably done in a day. Um, on the other hand, if you were to choose a double page spread, say of the peacock from Tropical Wonderland with its tail feathers um, open wide, that full spread probably took, including the initial pencil sketch and then inking up the final artwork, It was probably two and a half days, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it, it depends on the image. But where do you find inspiration? I mean, you are a lot in the nature, but you draw a lot of animals and, and plants that not around you. Yeah, I mean, um, some some of it is a little bit um, imagination. Uh, and then to find um, good images to work from to make sure I'm getting um, proportions and uh, overall shape correct. Um, I use I have a whole load of um, nature based reference books in my studio and encyclopedias and, and guidebooks. So I use those a lot. Um, I work from some of my own photographs um i mean if it obviously if it's um something i've never seen before then um i use google images or magazines um so all sorts of different places really that i turn to to um use as reference for for the drawings do you travel a lot um i haven't traveled i love to travel Uh, I haven't travelled a great deal in the last few years, again, because things have just been um, non-stop, really, with, with creating the books. Um, but when I do travel, I do love to go um, to far-flung places where I know that I'm guaranteed to um, come across wildlife that I won't, I won't see at home, if anywhere else. Um, so I always, I always make a point of getting out there when I do go away somewhere and, and exploring the native wildlife as much as I can. Uh, which book is most popular? Oh, um, Animal Kingdom. Um, I think that's that's the book that sold the most copies. Um, I mean, it was the first book, so it's also the one that's uh, been around the longest. But I I also think it's probably... Because it was the first one and the first one of my books that people experienced, I think it's probably also the one which people will buy if they want to give a colouring book to someone else as a gift. Um, and it's a very, very broad, interesting mix of, of animals. So I think it um, is kind of well suited to a wide audience. Do you picture these images in color when you are drawing them? Uh, I don't. Uh, and I think that's partly because um, I sort of think in black and white. Uh, the the patterning and the detail and the line work is sort of, I have to focus on that so much. I don't think there's room really for me to think about anything else. Um, But also, because there's always, once the images are out there and people are colouring them, that there's always such a huge range of colour palettes and techniques and materials that people are using. 
across these images that it it almost feels impossible to try and imagine what somebody might do to it or what colours it might be created in because no matter what I picture, I'm I'm going to see 500 versions of it that are all so different. Um, so my my brain just tends to sort of work in in the black and white and focus on the line work and the patterns. Do you color for relaxation, or do you, do you just color to try your pages? Um, I mainly just color to try my pages when um. I need to relax. I kind of step away from the desk. Um, and because I work from home, um, I normally sort of go out. I get out, get some fresh air, um, take the dog for a walk. So that might be on the beach or on the cliffs or we'll go to the forest. Um, but for me, relaxation is really switching off um from work and because my work is in the house um yeah i tend to to go out somewhere but do you have a studio in the house yeah so um i have a studio upstairs in what used to be the spare bedroom and now is is my studio which is packed to the rafters with books <laughs> um And it's just a, a lovely little workspace. It's a very bright room. Um, and I just work in here on my own. Um, I don't have anyone else in the studio with me. Um, I'm quite happy just sort of in my own company. I'm always really, really busy. So it's never sort of boring to be on my own because I always have so much um, to be getting on with. In what countries are your book most popular? Your books? Oh, uh, so I would say the UK, uh, the US, um, Australia, Korea, um, Brazil, um, Denmark, Sweden, quite a, quite a few European countries. Um, they're the main countries I would say where the books are, are most popular. Have you changed a lot how you think before you are doing a coloring book be between the different books? Have you learned stuff that that may, made you change things? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um certainly there are things that um I do differently now compared with the first book. Um, so I find I'm thinking a lot more, like I was saying earlier, about um, the the satisfaction that people will get from colouring um, in the sense that I'm not making things too detailed for people to colour in. Um, and that if if there is an area that's quite detailed, it could be something that one colorist could color by filling in every tiny individual element bit by bit, piece by piece. Or it could also be a shape where another colorist might color it really differently and just flood that whole area with color and let the shapes uh, and the lines show through from underneath. Um, I think about um, layout more and about creating probably more variety in the images. So whether there's um, whether that's an image with a background, without a background, um, giving plenty of scope for people to add their own elements if they want to. Um, and I think generally about sort of creating a a nice balanced book um, that that feels nice as you move from page to page. So um, making sure that the floral animals, for example, are spread out nicely throughout the book. Uh, and if there is an image that spreads across two pages uh, to make sure that not too many elements are sort of getting lost down in the gutter where the two pages join um, 
things like that. What are your favorite tools? Um, well, the tools, the tools that I use day in, day out, I suppose, are my favorite tools. Um, um, that is, so the pencil sketches are drawn in a Stedler, um, it's kind of like a, a clutch pencil. It's not, I don't know how to describe it. It's not a clicky pencil and it has actually a quite a thick lead. And I like this pencil particularly because it's nice and weighty. It's nice and heavy. Um, and when I'm drawing for days on end, my hand can get a little bit achy and sometimes even a bit shaky. So to have quite a weighty pencil makes it a little easier. Um, and then when I'm doing uh, creating the final artwork, the actual drawings that you see in the books, I use a rotoring rapidograph, which is a an ink pen with a very, very fine steel nib. Um, and when I'm drawing with that, I draw on marker paper because it's a lovely smooth surface. So the pen just glides over the top. But when you get stuck or doesn't, when you not feel motivated, what do you do then? Oh, do you know, it took me the longest time <laughs> to realize that all I needed to do was step away from my desk. <laughs> <laughs> there have been literally days where I have spent nearly an entire day feeling so frustrated because it just it just wouldn't happen. The, the inspiration just sort of for, the, for what I wanted to draw might be there. But when I actually sat down and tried to get it done, it, it, it just doesn't work sometimes. And and those off days happen. Um, and and I used to try and force it. I used to sit there and really, really try and force myself to create beautiful work. And of course, when you feel like that, you're never going to create your best work. Um, and eventually I realized um, that all I needed to do was step away from from my desk for might only be half an hour sometimes um, and just have a change of scene or you go for a walk or go and do something completely different, even if it's something completely boring like peg the washing out or, you know, mop the floor um, and then just come back to it again. Um, I find that can make all the difference in the world. And can, can you describe the feeling when you have a good day and are in flow? Um, they're just really, really um, enjoyable, productive days. And I... I try another thing that I've learned to do now is um, to always try before I finish my work for the day. I always try to um, leave it so that I leave something unfinished. So when I come back to my desk in the morning, there's there's something I can immediately start working on without having to sort of sit with that blank sheet of paper and wonder what am I doing today and sort of plan my day. It's sort of like preparation, I suppose, making sure that before I end for the day, I've got my next day planned. And so these days, most of the time, my days are quite productive. But still, you know, those times pop up where you just get a bit stuck and, and you just need to sort of go away and, and do something else and it just sort of kickstarts you again back into being productive and creative. Are you more of a coffee or a tea person? Ah, um, well, in the morning, this isn't going to be a simple coffee or tea answer. In the morning, it's always coffee. Um, and then for the rest of the day, it's peppermint tea. Uh, but if it's a day where I know I'm going to be doing final artwork, ink drawings, uh, it'll be decaf coffee because I'm quite sensitive to caffeine. <laughs> and so I, the jitters doesn't really work very well, uh, when I'm working on final artwork. Um, those wobbly lines aren't, aren't great. So yeah, coffee first and then peppermint tea. 
So now you just came out with this new book, but still I'm going to ask you, are there more books coming after this one? Uh, well, yeah, so Wildlife Wonders literally just launched um, last week, so that's been really exciting um, and lovely to revisit some of the colouring community's favourite images. Um, and as I said, I've spent a little bit of time this last year working on um, a different kind of illustration project. Um, but beyond that, I love creating colouring books and, and being part of this tremendous community. And I, I do have lots of ideas bubbling away. So um, it's going to be exciting to see what comes next. Um, and I promise to reveal any news as soon as I can. Uh, do you have any fav favourite animal? Oh, that's really hard. Um, <laughs> my dog, obviously. Um, oh, it, I I love birds. Um, not just as um, animals, but also as as a, a subject in my work. Um, but I just I don't I don't think I could honestly pick one single favourite animal. There's just too many, and they're all so brilliant. Do you own any other illustrators' coloring book? Um, I don't. I there are so many brilliant coloring books out there created by such talented illustrators. It's almost a bit overwhelming. Um, and I think I think it can be a bit like social media in the sense that if you sort of look at other people's work too much you can start to compare what you're doing and and almost sort of start to lose focus on your own work um and i think it's really really important um well it's very important for me to create work that is very genuine and true to myself and um i think it it would probably be too much of a distraction for me to have other people's colouring books around. When do you get your best ideas? Um, usually in the middle of the night when I'm wide awake and I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I can't remember them in the morning when I wake up. Um, I'm not... Mornings tend to be um, sort of emails and admin and that kind of thing. And then sort of into the afternoon, I'll begin to sort of settle into my creative work. So, yeah, during those hours in the afternoon is when I'm most creative. But I find that the best ideas sort of that was only really a half joke, I suppose, about um, ideas coming in the middle of the night, because I think the best ideas do come when you're. Um, not even thinking about work necessarily. You're kind of engaged in something else um, and they just sort of pop into your head out of nowhere, like driving or, you know, wandering around the supermarket. <laughs> so now you have already told us some things you like to do when you relax and not working. Uh, do you have other stuff you like to do? Um, I generally just... Um, enjoy getting out and spending time with friends um especially during the summer um we just had a lovely summer here and, and i live in such a lovely place it, it really does tend to just sort of be getting outdoors as, as much as we can um, and enjoying this fantastic place where we live why do you think coloring became this huge success um i think it was partly timing and partly tapping into something that actually everybody enjoys and everybody um, wants to do deep down, be, be it colouring or any other sort of creative outlet. So I think the... The, the way we live these days is, is so busy and so fast paced um, and and everybody seems to be rushing around all the time and trying to multitask all the time. Um, and I think colouring is a 
great way for people to switch off from, you know, whatever it is that's, that's making them feel stressed or keeping them really busy or, you know, whatever they've got going on. It's, it's a really, really accessible, calming, relaxing, creative activity that you can, even if you only have five or ten minutes, all you need is a book and some pens or pencils um, and, and you can pick it up and you can do 10 minutes and then you can put it down again. It's very, it doesn't involve um, subscribing to anything or going to a class. Um, it, it, there's not sort of a huge amount of um, involvement. You can just do it at home. And so people, I think, have enjoyed it for that reason. Um, but also colouring something we all did as children and that um, enjoying those sorts of creative activities. I don't think it, it's not like it sort of switches off as we get older. I don't think it ever goes away. I think other things become more prominent as we grow up and, and life gets busy. Um, and lovely things like colouring just sort of fall by the wayside they're they're not as important or as prominent um and so i think the colouring books have given people a way to sort of get back to that sort of a, a, a way to be creative again um without it being too much um to try and sort of squeeze into an already busy life um yeah. In the beginning, you said that spring was your favorite season. What? What is it? Autumn in Wales now? Uh, yeah. So we we're just coming to the end of summer and moving into autumn, and it really does feel like it at the moment. We've had the best summer in years. It's been amazing. Um, but all of a sudden, it feels very autumnal. <laughs> This was, it was lovely talking to you, Millie. I'm so happy you joined my podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to chat with you. And thank you all for listening and goodbye.